Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. A woman is found dead in her home with her husband as the only possible witness and suspect. Is he guilty or is he another victim of a terrible circumstance? Welcome to an all-new season of True Crime Never Sleeps. On this season, we dive deep into some of the most infamous solved and unsolved heists in history. From D.B. Cooper to the Geezer Bandit. Tune in on YouTube or any major podcast platform. On February 21st, 1945, Dr. Samuel Shepard and Marilyn Reese were married and settled near Lake Erie, Ohio. Two years later, they had their first and only child, affectionately nicknamed Chip. Sam was a respected neurosurgeon, and the attractive couple was believed to have a happy marriage. Their small suburban community was the kind where all their neighbors were friends and maybe a little too friendly. On July 3rd, 1954, the Shepherds hosted their neighbors for dinner, drinks, and a movie. Just after midnight, Sam fell asleep on the couch, and Marilyn said her goodbyes to the guests. What transpired in the next few hours has been a source of intense scrutiny and is still a mystery. At about 5.40 a.m. on July 4th, Mayor Spencer Houck, a close friend of the Shepherds, awoke to a phone call from Sam saying, My God, Spence, get over here quick. I think they've killed Marilyn. Houck and his wife Esther raced to the house to find Sam shirtless in his study, holding his neck, seemingly in a state of shock. They called the police, and first responders arrived at, at by 6 a.m. From the police report, Marilyn's body was found lying upwards, her face turned toward the door, beaten beyond recognition. She had over 20 gashes curved deep into her face and skull. Blood covered the sheets and the walls were dripping with heavy spatter. Her pajamas were partially removed, leaving her exposed. Eventually, the autopsy determined Marilyn's time of death was about 4.30 a.m. It also sadly revealed that Marilyn had been four months pregnant with her second child, also a boy. According to Shepard, he had been downstairs asleep when he heard Marilyn shout his name. He ran up to the bedroom to find Marilyn being attacked by a, quote, white form. They fought, but Sam was hit on the back of the, hit, the neck and knocked out. When he came to, Marilyn was dead, and the white form was gone. Worried for his son's safety, Sam ran to Chip's room, where he thankfully found him sleeping soundly. He then hurried downstairs to see the form exiting through the back door. He chased the tall and bushy-haired figure down to the shore of Lake Erie. Sam explained that he lunged or jumped and grasped at the form on the beach, and then, quote, I felt myself twisting or choking, and then terminated my consciousness. When Sam woke, it was nearly dawn, and he was missing his shirt and watch. 
In the early morning hours of July 4th, 1954, the police arrived at the Shepherd House to find a gruesome crime scene, where the only witness to the possible murder was also the most likely suspect. And now we're going to look at some theories. First one, the entire theory or story was made up and that Sam Shepard murdered his wife in cold blood. First of all, there was no sign of force entry, no murder weapon present at the scene, the desk drawers were neat, which would not be normal in the case of a robbery. Coroner Sam Gerber commented on the blood on Marilyn's pillow saying, in this blood stain, I could make out the impression of a surgical instrument, a weapon that would have been convenient for a neurosurgeon. In a bush outside, Gerber found a canvas bag with Sam's wristwatch, fraternity ring, and key, all covered in blood. Our second theory, Sam Shepard was telling the truth and his wife was murdered by a bushy-haired white form. Beyond Sam's statement, as many as three witnesses testified seeing someone matching that description. Richard and Betty Nair told the police they saw such a man near the Shepard's home around 3.30 to 4 a.m. on the morning of the murder, which lines up with Marilyn's time of death at around 4.30 a.m. They described him as white between 32 and 42 years of age, wide nose, bushy crew cut hair, light auburn in color, bushy eyebrows, long sideburns. This was enough detail to provide a forensic sketch. The presence of the bushy haired man was substantiated in Shepard's first trial for medical or by medical professionals who attested to the seriousness of the injuries he sustained fighting Maryland's attackers. A nurse testified that Sam's, quote, feet were all shriveled up as if they'd been in the water a long time, consistent with Sam's story that he got knocked out on the shore. A radiologist said Sam's x-ray revealed a probable fracture of his second cervical vertebrae. Two other doctors said there was no way to fake his neck spasms or the swelling at the base of his skull. But it was Sam Shepard's son, Chip, who would provide a name to a bushy-haired face. He had spent years trying to solve his mother's murder, and he believes that the blood belonged to Richard Eberling. Richard Eberling had been the shepherd's handyman for a time and had intimate knowledge of the house's layout, including an obscure basement entrance. Additionally, he had been found in possession of two stolen cocktail rings that had belonged to Marilyn Shepherd. However, when questioned about the murder, he passed a polygraph test where he denied killing Marilyn, which cleared him of being investigated further. Despite being cleared in 1989, he was convicted of the aggregated murder of Ethel May Durkin. Nine years into his sentence, he gave a deathbed confession that he had also killed Marilyn Shepard. One witness testified, quote, Eberling told me that he had killed her and that he had hit her husband on the head with a pail. And that in Eberling's word, quote, that bitch bit the hell out of me. Besides these main theories that we just discussed, there were two other suspects that raised some questions. First one was Esther Houck. F. Lee Bailey believed that the murder of Marilyn Shepard could have only been perpetrated by another woman. There were rumors that Marilyn was having an affair with Esther's husband, Spencer, the mayor and first person Sam called that fateful morning. Bailey said of Houck's motive and means, quote, one possible motive is feminine jealous hatred sparked to action by some event disturbing to the killer. A jealous killing requires a woman killer. During the retrial, Bailey 
got Esther to admit she had ignited her coal fireplace the morning of the murder, despite the fact that it had been a warm summer evening. He, he implied she might have been trying to burn bloody clothes and other evidence, and also that she was left-handed, like the killer. However, there was no evidence to prove Spencer and Marilyn had an intimate sexual relationship, and seemingly no further legal action was ever taken against the house. The second suspect was Major James Call. Former FBI agent Bernard Connors believed that Marilyn was murdered by Major James Call, an Air Force pilot who went AWOL in 1954 to embark on a murderous crime spree. Connors said the Shepard murders murder fits with Call's M.O. in which he would break into a house of sleeping people and use violence against anyone he came across. A small crowbar found in Call's possession could have been used to cause Marilyn's injuries. Even more compelling, Marilyn likely bit her attacker and Call had a scar that seemed to be from a deep bite mark on his left index finger. When they captured Call, they questioned him about Marilyn's murder, but never pursued the link. And that is all we have for this episode of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. But before we go, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Hunt a Killer. Hunt a Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episodes or boxes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You use these clues to solve the ongoing murder mystery. In the final episode, you'll be able to catch the killer and bring him to justice. And right now, you can use the promo code TCNS for 20% off your first box. Just go to huntakiller.com and use the promo code TCNS for 20% off your first box. Thanks for listening. Let us know your thoughts on this murder by sending us a tweet at TrueCrimeNS or leave a comment in the comment section below and share with us who do you think killed him, killed her. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Follow us on Twitter at True Crime NS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash true crime never sleeps slash message. Tune in next week for an all new episode. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 